Covering the sports world from New York to Nebraska and beyond, this is Big Sports Radio. Radio is on the air, cruising into the month of September with the top down. Larry Smith, Mike Kenley, Brad Sturdy, Josh Ewing working the audio board for us over there. Every Big Ten team except one in action in this week one of the college football season. The big game Saturday night, number two, Ohio State versus fifth-ranked Notre Dame in Columbus. We will preview that with Tony Gerdeman of BuckeyeHuddle.com. And we'll talk Iowa Hawkeyes with Tom Cakert of the Iowa Rivals website. All that is just ahead this hour. Let's talk a little college football right now. You know, we do record this show in advance to make sure we get it out in a timely fashion to all of our affiliates. So there is a chance that a vote could be made before this actually airs. But it appears college football is getting close, fellas, to expanding the playoff. Uh, They've talked about it for a long time now, from four teams to 12. Yeah, and then we can argue about who should have been the 11th or 12th team to get in there. And, you know, so yeah, the 13th and 14th teams are going to really be mad. I I think I like the expansion because I I think it makes it better. I I think four teams was just so exclusionary. I mean, the same teams year after year. And we're still going to end up with the same teams year after year. But there's going to be other teams involved now. And and so at least they're going to have to beat somebody to get there and so I, I think it's a good thing to go to 12 teams uh, from four. But just like the NCAA tournament, when they expanded to 68, we're, we're still talking about 69 and 70 more than we are any of the teams in the middle. So uh, that's just going to be the nature of the beast. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be exciting. And when you uh, go from 600 million annually to 1.2 billion, that tends to maybe make people decide that um, maybe we should do this. And and I think as as sports fans, um, this may be the this may really test the NFL on the popularity of the NFL because college football is the second highest rated live sports event, and um, with a big playoff like this, um, will they be able to equal the NFL? I think it'll be fun to watch and see, and uh, I would suspect as this gets going you'll see contracts where you have multiple people as opposed to just ESPN uh, down the line. And I think, you know, Kevin Warren's strategy for the Big Ten may become a bigger strategy for the uh, college football playoff. And what's really interesting about this is that this isn't the FBS commissioners voting. The 11 members of this board make up uh, university presidents and CEOs representing each of the 10 conferences plus the president of Notre Dame. So they're, this, these are the schools voting this. I mean, this isn't the athletic directors and the commissioners. I mean, that's what's amazing is that, you know, usually you're, you've got to convince the school presidents and chancellors and CEOs is a good thing. This is exactly the opposite. They're taking the ball into their, in their own hands, so to speak. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny that, that there was some, there was some reporting that, that they thought this could happen next year. Um, but they've moved it up. And I think that's interesting. You know, we all recall when they were to your point, uh, Mike, when they were talking about doing the playoff that they just, it was funny that they were saying, Oh, it could be a hundred million. Oh, it, gee, it could mean 200. Oh, wait, it could be 300 million. We all knew this would be huge. And you yep. think money that that March madness makes imagine what a 12 team playoff. First off, nothing would get done. 
we would all sit if you staggered yep. we we would not do anything but watch watch a college football playoff games all day long all weekend long i'm kind of looking forward to that i i, I got to admit i'm hoping for that let's, let's let's have a four games on like friday four games on saturday and we'll just watch football all day long college football and and it's it in it we're watching elite college football too we're just not not just watching maybe uh you know we're not watching you know nebraska and northwestern and ireland we're watching you know really good football um day in and or game in and game out so it's pretty fun yeah and i think because of the regional nature of college football we will get to see some matchups that are unique which makes it kind of special as well um I, Again, and then you throw in a, a Sunday of NFL games. I mean, how does it get any better than that? Other than just, you know, having different restaurants delivered to your door. Um, that's going to be the perfect weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one report said that a 12-team playoff would be valued at $1.2 billion a year. Uh, currently, the four teams about $600 million. That's just the, 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 the value of what they're thinking. Um, and there's still a possibility of doing 16 teams. I still think there's a 16 team playoff out there. Uh, yep. see one double a do the FCS, if you will, they do 24 teams. Um, 16 is very possible. And I think the, once you get to 12, that you could get to 16. Um, it's, it's right there, but yes, for, for fans, how exciting, uh, would that be? But it's, again, it's amazing that it's the academics that are taking over from the athletic people. The uh, academics are following the lead of David Lee Roth, who once said, if two's good, four's better. And I, and I think that's who they quoted in their meetings. I think they did. I think they That's right. <laughs> in the great words of the orator, Abe Lincoln. No, no, no. David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. <laughs> I'm hot for teacher. Yes. <laughs> so. Got it bad, got it bad, got it bad. That's right, exactly. So, but yeah, something kind of interesting to uh, to look forward to um, and to, to kind of see where this thing goes. And again, we're still talking some expansion, so who knows what could happen. We do know that the CFP recently announced uh, sites uh, for the championship game 2025 Atlanta, uh, 2026 in South Florida, and they're saying that those sites will not change even if expansion is adopted. So we've talked, uh, we, you know, we've all spent so much time talking about how different uh, college athletics could look in the year 2030. It could really look different, even from college football doing this. And, you know, college football at that point may no longer even be part of the NCAA. Let's just be honest. Yep. Come that time. They don't need the NCAA, do they? I mean, do they really need it at this point? I mean, I think that they're definitely, it's, there's not possibility they're out on their own, especially in that sport, because it is like its own entity. It's different than everything else, even college basketball. Yeah. yeah, there's the NCAA is basically the living version of a T-Rex. You've seen what happens when evolution happens and you don't go with it, you know, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Love the references. Mike Kegley, ladies and gentlemen, keep it here. <laughs> Buckeyes and Irish for only the seventh time all time. Our Ohio State expert breaks down the weekend's best game. That's next on Big Sports Radio. Right back here on Big Sports Radio, the game of the week. Uh, hey, there's no question about it. Number two, Ohio State taking on uh, fifth-ranked Notre Dame and a, a 
two teams that really don't meet much. You would think with, with the success of these two programs that they would meet more often, but um, only the seventh time they've met um, Ohio state when they do meet, they win. They have not lost to the Irish since 1936. I mean, I'm serious. Hey, to hear more about uh, this matchup, we've brought in our friend, uh, Tony Gerdeman. He's lead writer for BuckeyeHuddle.com. Tony, good to have you here. Um, you know, hey, football is back, um, and there's no better place to watch it than at the Horseshoe. Uh, you ain't kidding, especially a, a Saturday night to open the season, a top-five matchup with Notre Dame, talking with the, the Buckeyes on Wednesday, a few of their players. And this is something they're looking forward to. Jackson Smith and Jigba, the All-American wide receiver, says he's been looking forward to this game since he was a Buckeye recruit. And this is one of the games that he's been – He's had circled for a while, so they're very excited, especially with the way last season ended. They want to get their foot out there in the, in the right manner and, and show some people uh, some things that, uh, you know, to maybe counter some of the things people have been saying about them, even though here, here they are, the number two Buckeyes being disrespected, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It's, you're disrespected because you're not number one, I guess. I don't know. But uh, the, the Buckeyes obviously loaded on offense. Um, and, every, you know, we've talked, on previous shows, you know, about this offense, but is there concern about the defensive side of the football and, and what they can do? Is there concern about what Notre Dame can do to them uh, on that side of the ball? Right now, there is just excitement about the defense because I think the the overwhelming feeling is you can't be as bad as they were last year, so you can only be better. <laughs> That's only and, because you guys aren't Illinois fans well, or, or or Indiana fans or – you know, it, it mm-hmm. can it could happen to other teams. Well, exactly. And a bad year for Ohio State. Ryan Day has talked about this. They were eleven and two last year. Won the Rose Bowl. Not good enough. How many teams in the nation would take that and run with it? And defensively, they overhauled their staff. The only one remaining staffer with Larry Johnson on the defensive line. Brought in Jim Knowles as a defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State. One of the best defenses in the nation last year. So he's brought his system in. Has never had the kind of talent that he does now. And so he's able to devise some things and, and get some things going. But also he he got a group of guys who, as I said, did not finish the way they wanted to last year. They are hungry to learn, hungry to win, hungry to be successful because this is a defense that hasn't been championship caliber since 2019. So, And that's a 2020 team that made the national championship. But by the end of the season, didn't really have enough defensive backs to play Alabama, and you saw, you saw the results of that. But now, the expectations are very high. The excitement level is very high. Jim Knowles, we talked to him on Monday or Tuesday, rather, just very confident in what this defense is going to do. Talked to him a week ago, and said, "Hey, what's your biggest concern?" And he's like, "I have no concerns." So he may uh, be, um, he, he may have some new concerns after the game, but right now he's. He is calm as a cucumber. So what is uh, what are we going to see from that defense? Any kind of uh, uh, telltale signs that we're going to know that that's Jim's defense? Yeah, the funny thing is you're expecting all of these sweeping changes, but Ohio State played a 4-2-5 last year. They're going to be playing a 4-2-5 this year. So a, a lot of similarities, but what they do – up front will be some differences. They like to move uh, the weak side defensive end around, sometimes stand him up as a linebacker. Really what they what he wants to do is create confusing pictures for the quarterback. And that's pre-snap, that's post-snap, just moving guys around. And sometimes a good quarterback can take advantage of that and get you caught. 
you hope that the hope is that you um, you've distracted or uh, disoriented the quarterback for that split second to allow guys to get to where they're going before they uh, get taken advantage of. So there's going to be some moving pieces, some moving parts of this, but the guys, the defensive guys are all saying they're faster. The offensive, the offensive guys are saying this is a fast defense and it's fast because they don't have to think as much as they did last year. All of these guys last year starting were new starters. They returned just about everybody and they're all experienced now so they can do more. They can process it quicker. They're more comfortable and, I think maybe more than anything, the coaches know what they have now. And last year they were throwing guys out there you know, hope, hoping to find out more during a game, which is the worst time to find out about people. And now they know a lot more about their guys and they know what they maybe most importantly can't do. And so they're going to try to keep them out of those kinds of positions. Talking with Tony Gerdeman of BuckeyeHuddle.com. It's the Ohio State Notre Dame game Saturday night. Uh, under the lights in Columbus. Um, let's talk a bit about this Notre Dame team that we really don't know a lot about, right? Fifth in the nation, but Marcus Freeman takes over into the year, loses the bowl game in his one game after Brian Kelly takes the LSU job. Uh, so Freeman comes in, uh, the young up and coming uh, coordinator takes the head job. And now you've got uh, a new quarterback as well for the Irish. What can you tell us about Notre Dame and and how um, they may stack up against the Buckeyes? Yeah, I think what, what Ohio State is expecting is a physical Notre Dame team on both sides of the ball, and Tyler Buckner gives them the added dimension of being able to run the ball. I think he was Notre Dame's second-leading rusher last year, for instance. So he had some gadget plays, and so he, had, he had his role last year as a true freshman. This year he can kind of do it all, former top-ranked recruit, and you know everybody wanted him, and so Notre Dame got him. So they're going to put him out there and see. But I think it's – it's interesting. You've got two sides of this where everybody's asking the Ohio state beat is asking the Ohio state coaches on, on the defensive side of the ball. How do you prepare for Tyler Buckner? You don't know what he's going to do. You've only seen so much film. Jim Knowles was asked, have you, do you go back to high school to see his highlights in, in high school and watch his film there? And Jim Knowles was like, no, we don't go back to high school. We just trust our defense. And so you, you, you have your keys, you rely on the defense to do what it's supposed to do. And you figure as much as you know about Tyler Buckner, they saw everything he did last year, but what they know about him, he's not going to be terribly different. You're still going to throw the ball like anybody else. And he's still going to be running the ball. So Ohio state will do you know, what they, what they think is best based on what they saw from him. And maybe a little additions from uh, the running game and maybe some zone stuff that the, the zone read that will allow Buckner to maybe eliminate a defender. So I think they're expecting some run, but I I wonder what that line of scrimmage is going to look like. Cause this is an Ohio state team defense that has been bashed a bit because of the way the Michigan game went for them. Michigan ran the ball on them. Uh, Utah put a bunch of points on them. So this is a, a, a high state and a high state defense that has been hearing plenty about how bad they are. And they're obviously they want to show this, but yeah, I'm interested to see what Tyler Buckner does against an Ohio state defense that he doesn't know a whole lot about and he's not a very experienced player so i think while everybody is asking the ohio state defense what are you going to do about this inexperienced quarterback the better question may be what is this inexperienced quarterback going to do against this defense that he only kind of thinks he knows what's going to happen are, are you surprised that you you have number two playing number five and i get it's in ohio state are you surprised this is a 17 and a half point line um, right now Absolutely surprised. That's just a very, very big number. 
And I know you're not going to look too far back on the, in history to determine lines, but Ohio State has not done well in these kinds of games, even at home, has struggled and, and lost some games. But 17 and a half is just, it's, it's a lot. And thinking back to a few years ago, Ohio State went to Nebraska and they were favored by 17 and a half. And that wasn't a top five Nebraska team. And, and so this is different venues and what have you, but like, that's the kind of game that is a 17 and a half point, you know, line against Notre Dame to start the season. When I think either team, Ohio state just wants to get out with a win. They're not trying to cover or anything like that. They'll, they'll win by three just as easily as they'll win by 34. They'll, they'll take it. And I think you just want to get out with the win. And so 17 and a half is just, it's a lot, but you know, it started at what 13 or 14 and then just keeps getting bet up. So you know, Vegas has to do what Vegas has to do to survive, I guess. Don't want them <laughs> do, going out of business. <laughs> how does this how does this Notre Dame defense approach stopping this powerhouse Ohio State offense? And and the interesting thing is everybody comes out to stop the run. And that's been successful at times last year. And if you can stop the run and make Ohio State one-dimensional, well, they're still pretty good at that. So it's it's one of these things where you have you definitely have to stop the run because if you don't, then Ohio State can do whatever they want. And if if you're not able to stop the run and they're picking up seven yards on first down, then they can do anything they want on second down and so on. It's it's about staying on pace, staying on schedule, moving those chains. And Ohio State doesn't need to throw deep. If they wanna if Notre Dame wants to sit back and just let things happen in front of them, you know, a, a, the the bend but don't break. This is an Ohio State offense that can complete short passes religiously, basically, with C.J. Stroud's uh, accuracy. Then the question becomes, what kind of red zone offense does Ohio State have? And that that was a concern last year in terms of scoring and touchdowns in the red zone. Is this a situation where Notre Dame is okay allowing, allowing Ohio State to move the ball between the 20s? And then, okay, let's see what happens now when things get more congested. And if you can hold Ohio State to a field goal, on every drive or most of the drives, I think that's a win for Notre Dame. Yeah, that's true. You know, we were talking about Notre, about Ohio State and, and the history, and Mike uh, wrote something that, and the, his research was just incredible. Going back to, and, and Mike can correct me if I'm getting these numbers wrong, since 1951, only six losing seasons, only five, Mike says only five losing seasons for Ohio State in 70 years. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Go ahead. I mean, I'm I'm just in awe. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and, and you you look at the coaches in that stretch. Every year, it's been they've had a Hall of Fame coach that entire time, essentially, because you go from Woody Hayes, Hall of Fame, Earl Bruce, Hall of Fame, John Cooper, say what you want, Hall of Famer, Jim Trestle, Hall of Famer. Then you have the one year of Luke Fickle, and look what Luke Fickle is doing now and what he's going to become and what he is. And then it's Urban Meyer, who will be a Hall of Famer. And then it's Ryan Day, who is looking pretty good right now. He's, you know, he hasn't won a national championship yet, so he's still fireable material. But even after you win a national championship, you're still fireable material. But the the stretch of coaches that they've had, I mean, you look what Michigan stretch of coaches. You got a Brady Hook in there. You've got uh, Rich Rodriguez. You look at anybody else. Like look at Alabama, what they went through for, yeah. I don't know, twenty years of coaches and. You know, Tennessee and Florida, just some bad stretches, and they've never had that bad stretch. The worst stretch they had was the one year of 2011 with Luke Fickle where all of their best players were suspended, and he got boot, got booted. But 
yeah, the consistency is is pretty amazing. And those seasons where they had losing seasons, you know, all those coaches deserve to be fired. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you you can say that. Not many schools in the Big Ten, you can say that. Michigan, Ohio State, maybe Penn State, everybody else that's like, yeah, we had a losing season. That's all right. We'll be better next year. So Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's weird. Can you imagine if uh, they were having the uh, era that Scott Frost is having in Nebraska? They would not be very happy. And Well, he wouldn't be there. It would have been gone like three years ago. Buyout, buyout wouldn't have mattered. Is there a so that consistency recruiting wise? Uh, Ryan Day has obviously recruited at an extremely high level. Perhaps uh, it, it to me, I, I think it's been surprising. I, I think he may be even recruiting at a higher level than Urban Meyer did when he was at Ohio State. Is is that is that fair to say? It's really kind of shocking what he's been able to do talent wise. Yeah, I I thought if Ryan Day could just fall somewhere in between Jim Trussell and Urban Meyer he'd be fine. And he's picked up where Urban Meyer had it and has continued on. I don't know that it's recruiting better than Urban Meyer. At times he does. There are guys that he landed that Urban Meyer had lost when the, when the reins were handed over and he had to do some fixing. He's a different kind of recruiter as well. He's more personable. He'll talk to you. He can converse with you. Whereas Urban Meyer, I think everybody knows Urban Meyer is just a different kind of guy and a different kind of recruiter. And it's, I don't think Ryan Day could have been expected to be this good. And again, three, four years in, whatever it is, he's still still out there looking for that that first national championship. And is only one and one against Michigan. And if they lose this year, he'll have a losing record against Michigan. And then that starts more wheels turning in people's minds. But Fire. fireable yeah, offense, you, you know it. Uh, <laughs> hashtag right there. Yeah. Um, but it, it's really it, the way he has been recruiting, especially quarterbacks i mean five-star guys you know one year they had two five-star quarterbacks with quinn ewers and and kyle mccord and then you you, the staff that he puts around him it's it's hit and miss just like it was with urban meyer you never really know about that first staff but yeah he's he's a darn good recruiter and uh, you know you you wonder I, i think he would have been even better if the nil stuff wouldn't have hit well speaking of the nil stuff you know, Big Ten fans are wanting a national title. Obviously, Ohio State's the best shot. Uh, Coach said he needed $13 million this year for that. And I feel like I'm tuning into the Jerry Lewis telethon. I want to know, <laughs> did he hit $13 million? And if not, how close is he? Well, yeah, and, and a lot of this stuff is kept private. And the, the fact that he puts the number out there tells you that they don't have it yet. And that's what he, you know. You say it enough and you talk to the right people. It's interesting the way they've gone about asking for money. Um, the players have some players have their own thing and they're asking fans for money. And the the amount of money that fans already give to the the football program in terms of tickets and, and the cost, at some point the the millionaires need to step in and start just let's just write this check for this 13 million and keep this team the way it is. But yeah, it, I think they're okay this year. It's keeping guys. And um, that's, that's going to be the the difficult part because when you recruit very well, there are guys that can go to wherever they want and for more money. And, and I think some of it is a little bit overblown and in terms of like CJ Stroud could have, why didn't CJ Stroud go? Why didn't he leave some, but somewhere for money? Like he's, he is now a millionaire, but he could have somebody could have offered him more. Why not go? There is still an allure uh, about 
playing at Ohio State, about playing at Alabama, about playing at Georgia, where the money will come. And that's something that they also talk about, where don't don't take the the, the short money for the long money. Don't take the quick money for for the the long gain of, you know, you look at the, the contracts that these guys have in the NFL, it dwarfs anything that you get from NIL. So don't worry about the the extra 250000 from another school. And if you're so worried about that, you're not going to be playing as well as you need to. And I'm really interested to see with uh, all of this money going on, do players take a step back in terms of their prior performance? Like, let's watch Bryce Young this year. Let's watch C.J. Stroud. Has the money affected their play? And, you know, it wouldn't shock me if it does. I mean, it's it's hard to not be affected by life-changing money. For anybody, let alone a 19, 20-year-old. I mean, you're mm-hmm. exactly right. There's no question. Well, Brad, Brad's our expert at life-changing money. Yeah. So we have to ask Brad about how to deal with that. And look how affected he is. Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing. Really, it's amazing. I've been able to overcome the fact that I have life-changing money. It's the, <laughs> it's the I, I changed my life the wrong way, but still, you know, it's been able to overcome that. So. Exactly. Hey, Tony, we're going to uh, let you go. It's been, um, boy, just great to talk with you, getting the breakdown here. And, and look, um, I don't think you guys are falling out of the top 10 anytime soon. So we'll certainly be talking again soon. Uh, Tony Gardeman of uh, BuckeyeHuddle.com. Hey, we appreciate the knowledge and um, enjoy the game. Thank you. Will do. You too. Thanks, Bye-bye. Tony. Much more to come here on Big Sports Radio. Stay with us. More after this. Now back to the studio and the guys from Big Sports Radio. First weekend of September, fall, fast approaching. So go ahead and stock up on that hot chocolate on your next trip to the store. Uh, Some other stories that caught our attention this week. NFL legend Barry Sanders' son will suit up for Michigan State this season, but not football. He's going to play basketball. Did you guys see this? I did. I, I'm just, I bet the opponents are just glad they don't have to try and tackle Barry Sanders. I hope it's his son, because uh, if he's anything like his dad, it's almost impossible. You're like grabbing at air. So I, I don't know. It's pretty cool, though. Yeah, it, it just goes to show you that it, sometimes the genetics just transfer down from one person to another. So um, hopefully my kids will be able to eat pizza effectively. <laughs> I think that's going to work. Absolutely. Uh, that's the gene you're passing down. Uh, by the way, Nick Sanders will be a walk-on uh, for Tom Izzo as a freshman this season. Fox and ESPN agreeing to open contract talks on the Big 12, even though they don't have to for another year. I think this is a smart move for the Big 12 to try to jump in and get some things worked out, have some contingency plans in place in case they do expand. Yeah, I- who knows what the Big 12 is going to look like? I mean, we we don't know. I, I think it's pretty clear that uh, there's going to be some Pac-12 schools out there for the taking, and the Big 12 wants to get in there and get their uh, get some have some options moving forward because they lost a lot of their uh, their big name schools. Let's be honest; they lost. You know, when you lose Texas, and Oklahoma, those are those are big schools, and so now they're looking to kind of fill that that's void, and I think it's good for them. One wonders if that could be done because of discussions between Oregon and Washington and the big 10 that might be causing the big 12 or at least rumors that says, Hey, we got to do this quicker so that we can put something together. I I don't know, but the question's out there. Well, and you know, we don't know what we don't know. Right. I mean, for all we know, there could be a a handshake agreement with 
some Pac-12 schools in the Big Ten that they come on board next summer or something, you know, uh, for half a share. I mean, that's certainly which is still way was still way more than the Big 12 will ever get. (laughs) That's for sure. It's true. But it's also Big 12. Their next deal could be more than what the Pac-12 will get. So if you can get, you know, 40 million a team, I don't know what that magic number is. Um, and the Pac-12, the rumors are 25, 26 million per school. Uh, maybe you could lure some of those. I mean, it's a, it's a smart play. If it hasn't worked so far, things have talked down. Uh, and the talks have broken down. Um, it's a smart play, I guess, to give it a shot. So we'll see what happens. Uh, another big story this week, the NBA will now mandate weekly COVID-19 testing for any unvaccinated personnel. Um, you know, we're going on two years since vaccines came out. Um, I get it from the league standpoint. I don't have a problem with this. What, what are your thoughts? I, I, from what I've seen though, the, the only problem I have with it is there's been so many cases of COVID that whether you're vaccinated or not, I, I, I'm not sure it's spreading with everyone. And, and I, I think we've kind of reached a point where, uh, it's, it's time to move on. It, I think it's endemic. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't test for the flu each week. So I, I think it's time to time to move on and, and just uh, you, there are obviously risks and everything we do. And, you know, as, as a person who's vaccinated and, you know, I've, I've never had COVID. So I'm, I, maybe I'm like the only person alive. I don't know, but there, it, it seems like it's time to move on. Yeah. It's, I, I'm not a, I'm not a vaccine expert, uh, but you know, to me, it's like, they've, you know, the, the, I mean, I'm more in the move on category, but again, medically, I'll leave that up to the experts. Well, I wonder if they put this in place now, just in case there is another strain coming out. And, you know, the latest, it seems is, is, you know, I've seen some reports and I'm like you, I don't follow that closely. I just got my second booster a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, knock on wood, I haven't only my son has uh, finally got it here over the summer. He's the first one, in the family that got it. Um, but I mean, maybe they're trying to get ahead of the game in case there is another, um, uh, you know, another strain that comes out later and, you know, from a team standpoint, maybe their doctors say, Hey, let's do this. So to try to prevent any kind of spread in the future, because as, as we all know, you can be vaccinated and be boosted and still get it. Yeah. Right? Yep. yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, so I was wondering in these situations. So what happens if like. Uh, LeBron James's vaccination isn't up to date and the playoffs come along and, and he tests positive. Are they going to make LeBron James sit out of the playoff series? Right. Really? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. A lot assuming of money. Assuming that the Lakers don't get injured and miss the playoffs. <laughs> well, they have to make the playoffs first, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. true. That's, a, that's right. Exactly. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo taking a massive pay cut to stay with the 49ers as a backup after no trade partner was found over the last few months. Uh, roughly 25 million bucks a year down to 6 million, although with tons of incentives, you know, kind of hard to believe that, that, I mean, he'll be 32 in November. I mean, it's not like the, he's a 25 year old and he's up and coming. I mean, maybe he's peaked. Yeah. You know, the EIU uh, connection there. He's a, uh, he's uh I think he's had a, you know, he's had a solid career. I think sometimes he gets such a bad rap. I mean, he's been a solid quarterback. Maybe he's obviously not Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or somebody like that, but he's been a solid quarterback. I think sometimes he gets a lot of, uh, a lot of flack that he doesn't really deserve, but you know, he's, he's a really quality backup. If that's your backup, I I think you're in pretty good, pretty good place at the quarterback position. 
Yeah, and heck, if the Bears had him, he'd be a pretty good starter for them. You know, it, it, it you know, it's it's an interesting salary cap puts you know with a hard cap really doesn't give you the freedom that the NBA has to kind of move people around. And Jimmy, you know, Garoppolo is one who's kind of paying for that rock solid cap. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, and again, quarterbacks make so much money as a starter. You can see him being almost like a Nick Bowles kind of guy coming in and signing a one-year, two-year deal here and there. They're making some nice, you know, several yep. million dollars a year. Um, but you're right. I mean, the guy just wins. He's, he's had, you know, had a pretty good run, and they just want to get him out of there. So, well, a quick timeout, and then much more still ahead. Stay with us. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Welcome back here to Big Sports Radio. You know, uh, we're talking about the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, consistently um, fantastic, this this Hawkeyes program. Of the last 20 years, 18 winning seasons. And a guy who's had a front row for, I think I think maybe all of those 20 seasons, I will we'll ask him, Tom Cagert of the Iowa Rivals website. Tom, we have been a, a big fan of yours for a long time and uh, thrilled to have you here on the show. Welcome to Big Sports Radio. Well, thanks for having me on. And and yeah, it's funny. This is uh, actually uh, my 20th year doing this full time. Wow. As a career, uh, the start of this season, I put a post up the other day about just how thankful I am for having this opportunity to do, you know, it's uh, one of my good friends who's an entrepreneur. And I also, we, when we were younger, uh, went to high school together and college together at Iowa. One of the things we always said was, uh, if you can make your hobby your life, uh, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that's really what it is for, and he was able to do that with his career. And, um, and I've been able to do that with mine. And he always tells me, even though he makes way more money than I do, um, he always says, you've got the job that everybody wants. Right. <laughs> you know, and I said, well, sometimes it's not as fun as you think it is, yeah. but, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's work. It is, but it's but it's been a, a labor of love for me. Uh, just being able to have a front row seat to so many great uh, football and and basketball games, and, and you know, I know you guys uh, with the Illini, but it got just being down at Champagne for the last couple basketball games. Holy cow! Just that's what college basketball is all about, and you want to be there and and see those games like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a great atmosphere, and I think I think the Big Ten overall. I love what's happening with uh, with the new uh, TV deals uh, that shows the value that that it's not just those of us in the Midwest who think there's great value in this. Obviously, so does Madison Avenue, and that's reflected in in those dollars. And you're right. I think, and you know, when you look at Iowa athletics and and 
what you guys have, have done there with, um, with all of your programs. I mean, obviously football and basketball gets the lion's share of the attention, but um, you know, it's just been, um, uh, you know, to see, you know, the, the volleyball working at things and soccer and just all the different other sports uh, that uh, you guys work over there. And, and, um, uh, and we enjoyed your great reporting on, on all those things uh, over the years. Um, so Iowa football, we've got um, South Dakota state here this weekend. Tell us about the Hawkeyes and, and give us an overview of kind of uh, the makeup of this team going into the season. You know, they're really, I think they're going to be really good on, on defense. I, I, you know, you start with an all American Jack Campbell um, coming back. You've got all American and Riley, uh, Riley Moss on the, on the edge at, at corner. Um, you got an experienced secondary overall. Um, you know, Kayvon Merriweather's really good. Terry Roberts is going to start at corner and he's a senior. You got another senior at linebacker with Seth Benson, uh, um, a future NFL player and Justin Jacobs and a, and a, a defensive line that gained a lot of experience last year and was pretty solid. So they are, that's going to be kind of the bedrock of this team as it is normally, you know, they're, and that defense was great last year, created 30 turnovers, um, 25 interceptions led, led the country uh, in, in that category. Uh, so they just know how to create turnovers, um, get to 30 sacks and keep you under 20 points. Uh, defense coordinator Phil Parker always says that if you give up less than two explosive plays in a game, and he terms that like less, you know, 20 yards or less plays, that you're going to probably give up about 14 points if you play just good solid defense. Okay. Uh, if you give up three or more, you're probably looking at giving up 28 points. So that's the difference between winning and losing in college college football is not giving up big plays, and he's determined that. Um, on the offensive side, a lot of question marks, a lot of injuries. Uh, wide receiver position, uh, they've got two uh, walk-ons uh, listed in the two deeps. Uh, so they're just they're they weren't deep anyway, and losing Charlie Jones in you know late June or whatever it was was just a you know kind of a gut punch. Uh, but uh, especially going to Purdue, um, but they. Uh, yeah, they've they're they're thin there. I think you're going to see Sam Laporta maybe splitting out a little bit, playing more of a wide receiver than a tight end sometimes, which isn't a bad thing because he's he he played essentially played wide receiver in high school. And um, but Spencer Petras back his third year as a starter, he's kind of a lightning rod because uh, he just you know he hasn't hasn't put up huge numbers. Just has I mean last year it was ten touchdown passes, nine interceptions. Um, so this big year for him and I, but I think the run game is going to be really strong with Gavin Williams, LeSean Williams, and a young freshman named Caleb Johnson. And I think the line will be stronger once that gets settled. So, uh, typical Iowa team, special teams, um, uh, run game, good defense. That's, that's Iowa football in a nutshell. Yeah, it really is. And your schedule um, helped you at least in, in September. You've got South Dakota State this weekend. Iowa State um, is is at Kinnick. Um, but, you know, the Cyclones, it's a great rivalry game. And certainly they've, you know, they've had some success over the recent years um, under Matt Campbell. And so, um, you know, rooting for Iowa there, but that's always a tough contest. You get Nevada at home and then um, at Rutgers. Now, the, the Big Ten schedule makers didn't do the Hawkeyes any favor. No. <laughs> Michigan no. 
and Ohio State and of course Wisconsin in division. Um, you know, anytime you're you're in the West Division, you've got to face both uh, of the big two. Uh, as yeah. On them, uh, that's that's you know. Gee, thanks, thanks a lot, thanks for the love. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that is a real challenge for them. Is but the good news is the Michigan game is in Iowa City, um, and uh, you know I know Iowa's still hoping for a uh, nighttime kickoff for that game, but I don't know that they're going to get their wish because that big noon kickoff is going to dictate a lot of things moving forward, especially uh, about uh, the that's the marquee Big Ten game is going to actually be. Uh, at 11 a.m. Central Time, and not um, not in a under lights very often, unless you're, you know, that. But that's like next year, but uh, for for the new TV deal. But um, yeah, it's a tough schedule. It, Iowa hasn't been in the horseshoe since 2013, so you know, it's just they just never get there. And um, South Dakota State this weekend is a challenge. That's a really good football team. Um, they, uh, you know, FCS had the had the uh, spring season uh, without during the COVID year, mm-hmm. and South Dakota State made it to the championship game that year, and last year they made it to the Final Four, uh, losing to Montana State uh, in the semifinal game. So they have they have a lot back, um, a lot of good players, and uh, that's going to. Honestly, it would probably be a tougher game than the Nevada game. I don't think Nevada's going to be any good this year. So, <laughs> you know, and it might be tougher than some of the Big Ten games, to be honest. <laughs> One of those trap games where you see FCS, but like. Well, I would learn, I would learn that lesson, um, learn that lesson in 2016 when North Dakota State came to Iowa City and won. Uh, and the South Dakota State team, not as veteran um, at the quarterback position, but um, uh, still dangerous going to be a dangerous game for iowa i i suspect you're going to look up at halftime and it's going to be like 10 7 you know something like that in iowa city uh but but i i think i will win but it's it's not going to be a um you're not going to look up if you look up and it's 55 7 then you're then i'm going to go oh wow that was uh that was something uh with this team yeah um, you, know, you mentioned about in terms of the, the TV and the schedules and where games are slotted. Your thoughts on this media deal? I mean, on, on one hand, it's as you said, it's a great thing to have um, deals with all three networks. Uh, Kevin Warren has been um, vilified in his short tenure as the Big Ten commissioner. And and you can argue that you know that some of that is warranted. Um, no pun intended, Warren. Um, yeah. but at the same time, uh, I think if you if you do that, you have to give him credit. Um, for this, you know, the hedge years in the NFL. And he said from early on that he wanted to mirror what the NFL did with the partnerships with multiple networks. And he's done that. But how do you think this plays out? Because like you said, Fox is still going to kind of dictate things, but they're sitting in that noon Eastern slot where the prime time game is, is NBC. How do you think this is all going to look here in, in two or three years as they get into this? Yeah, I, I think obviously the headline thing was, was that they're getting away from ESPN and ABC. Uh, for the first time in forever. I mean, really, my lifetime. That's right. what it's been is ABC uh, or ESPN for Big Ten football. So it's going to be it'll be interesting how ESPN treats the Big Ten. I know everybody's worried about like they're going to ignore them, and then that's just going to impact the Big Ten itself. Like, it, it's the Big Ten. Big Ten football is not the NHL. You can't just ignore, pretend that it doesn't exist. Right. 
you know, uh, on Sports Center and all those their shows. So um, I think they'll talk about a play. I love the idea that you've got a full day of Big Ten football. That you're just sort of like you're on the main over-the-air networks um, that everybody can get, uh, and Fox, uh, CBS in the afternoon window, and then NBC at night. And we've seen what NBC has done with the NFL in promoting that on Sunday nights, making that kind of musty TV where you're there every every Sunday night. That's what you do. You just watch the whatever the NFL game is there. That's the NFL, but still, I think the college games are going to draw. Pretty well, and I, I like it. Um, I worry about basketball. Mm-hmm. I, I do because I think ESPN does provide some really good opportunities basketball-wise. You know, you and I probably go back to watching when the Big Ten was on on Mondays, Big Monday. You know, with the Big East, yeah, uh, and just some of those great games that we saw in the uh, late '80s uh, between you know, Iowa, Illinois, Purdue, Indiana, all the. Schools, Michigan State, um, you know, Michigan uh, back in the day, and uh, just all those fun games. Uh, but, and, and, you know, in recent years, it's been like Tuesdays and Thursdays. And what's going to happen to the Big Ten ACC Challenge? Is that going to the wayside now, too? And um, and I worry about games going to – I know a lot of fans that are older worry about them going to streaming. They don't know it. What's Peacock? Is that a bird? You know, they don't know what Peacock is, but you're going to have to go there to watch probably a couple basketball games every year. Yeah, that may may explain why NBC moved uh, that longtime soap days of our lives to Peacock. Um, We we just helped my father-in-law figure out how to get that on his TV. That's, that's That's his program. That's his program. And, you know, getting him, you know, indoctrinated into how to do that. You're exactly right. You know, I agree with all of that. My one pushback would be in terms of of the attention, especially for basketball, is that I'm not sure ESPN gives the Big Ten proper billing now with with the deal. Um, I think you're right. So the question is, how much do you lose? Uh, Because they are so SEC and East Coast-centric. You know, there's very, you know, I will be honest with you. I get very frustrated with ESPN announcers who don't know the teams outside of, Michigan and Indiana um, and maybe Michigan state, you know, I mean, you know, it was, it's just, it's just very, it's very frustrating um, from a national scene. And so the one thing I think we do get with football is that you now have three networks, all three, as you know, are going to do extended pregame and postgame because there are dollars to be made there and all focus on big 10 teams because they have a stake in it. And I think that will help you. You lose ESPN. The ESPN is only going to focus on the ranked teams. To your point, you're exactly right, but you do have the other, I think. And, and yeah, basketball is going to be a little bit crazy. Um, wh- where do those other during-the-week games go? Uh, maybe FS1, um, you know, which is, uh, you know, they do a great job. Um, but but it's not as easily uh, findable, I guess, as ESPN has because they're, lo- they're, they're newer to the game, I guess. Yeah, it's just, you know, I always look at it from the perspective of what can I get in a hotel room? You know, what stations can I get in a hotel room? And there's a lot of times I'll, you know, be traveling and I can't get a game. Uh, FS1 is not in my hotel room. Big Ten Network might not be in my hotel room. Uh, But I can get ESPN and ESPN2 and ESPNU. Uh, So, you know, I think there's there's something to be said about that. Um, I I, I totally agree. In fact, my hotel room um, at the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis in March did not have BTN. 
Um, you're exactly right. Talking with Tom Kaker here of Iowa Rivals. Tom, I want to get this in before before our time runs out. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, I saw an article recently where uh, some pundit somewhere was ranking the top coaches uh, in, in college football and mm-hmm. had, had Ferentz not as the cream of the crop, but kind of the next tier, like the second level of coaches. Yeah. Uh, I'm of I'm of the mind. I think he may be the most underrated coach in college football. All he does is win, but he hasn't won that national title, and therefore he doesn't get that that billing among the greats. And I think that's unfair. I think he's a better coach than that. Yeah, and I, I would agree with you. He's just been. I, I think if you asked, um, you know, a lot of fan bases in the Big Ten, would you have liked to have had the last twenty three, twenty four years under under Kirk Ferentz as your resume for your football program. I know I've talked to Ketter Prince about this and he's like, I would have taken that in a heartbeat at Illinois. Yeah. You know, um, I think Purdue would take that. I think Indiana would take that. I think, uh, you know, Minnesota would take that. I, there's a lot of programs uh, that would have taken the, the steady uh, results and leadership of, of Kirk Ferentz. And, um, you know, He's been in some rocky times. There's been some rocky moments. I, I remember after the 2014 season, they were kind of at a crossroads with things, and I didn't know how it was going to kind of end up. And then that next year, they, you know, he just kind of goes under the hood, gets things fixed, um, but in a lot of ways doubles down on what he does. And, um, and, and then they go out and they go into undefeated in the regular season and go 12 and 0 with. You know, a, a solid team, but I, you know, wasn't like that. That team only had uh, that year. Then just only had one NFL draft pick. It was Austin Blythe, and he was like one of the last picks in the seventh round. So it was like, you know, there were other guys that ended up playing in the NFL on that team, but just off of that class. But it just, it wasn't like this senior-dominated team that had great, you know, NFL players. It was they were collectively just. The ball started rolling in the right direction for him, and and went. Tw- and once he had that season, it was like, okay, Kirk's going to be here for as long as he wants to be. And um, you know, when that is, I don't know. But he's in he Nick Saban, just hanging around, yeah. you know. And those guys used to be on staff uh, together at uh, with the Cleveland Browns under uh, Bill Belichick. He's just a steady, um, good, good leader for the program. Yeah, what a um, uh, great, um, you could say, foresight genius or just roll the dice to uh, uh, for a program to hire Hayden Fry to resurrect uh, Iowa football and then to uh, Kirk Ferentz to, uh, to come in and do what he has done following uh, think, Kirk Fry. Think about this, Larry. Uh, since 1979, Iowa's had uh, two football coaches. Yeah. yeah. 1979. I mean, you know... <laughs> It's just, it just wild, yeah. <laughs> to, to think that they've had they've had two um, two football coaches and uh, and three athletic directors in that time span. Yeah, that just doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. No, but the stability there, and that, that's that's why the team is is so successful year in year out. Hey, Tom, we are out of time, but I hope you'll come back yeah. and uh, absolutely and keep up the great work. I mean, again, we're uh, really like I said, been a big fan of your work for a long time, and and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks for having me on, Larry. Appreciate it. Tom Cakert of Iowa Rivals. And make sure you check out that website for all your Hawkeyes news. Uh, in Iowa, again, uh, taking on South Dakota State, one of the better teams in the FCS division. Uh, no guarantee, but we look for the Hawkeyes to get that win. 11 o'clock 
in the morning on FS1 on Saturday. Stay with us. More Big Sports Radio. Top of the hour coming up next. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network. Larry Smith, Mike Kangley, Brad Sturdy kicking off this hour with a look around the Big Ten. 13 of 14 conference teams in action. Northwestern takes a bye week after the trip to Ireland. The big game Saturday night, of course, second ranked Ohio State versus number five Notre Dame. First meeting in six years, and the Buckeyes haven't lost the Irish since 1936. Number eight, Michigan hosting Colorado State with the first of two starting quarterbacks getting the nod. Guys, what else do we have? Well, yeah, number 18, Wisconsin, taking on Illinois State. Um, I, I The Badgers should uh, be able to handle this one. It seems like uh, they're going to run, and they're going to run, and then they're going to run again. Illinois State was uh, a couple years ago pretty solid, you know, but they last year was a rough year for them um, offensively, so I don't see them putting many points uh, up against the Badgers. The Badgers are going to hand off like 47 times for 342 <laughs> yards or something like that. <laughs> And Nebraska takes on North Dakota, and uh, Scott Frost has to hope that uh, Casey Thompson can be a little more productive with his, you know, last game, 355 yards, but two critical interceptions going down the stretch of the game. Um, You know, North Dakota was only five and six last year, so I would suspect that even Scott Frost (laughs) will make sure this game gets won. (laughs) Uh, Iowa's taking on South Dakota State, a pretty good team out of FCS, um, you know, reaching, uh, I think it was the championship game a, a couple of years ago. Um, how about Iowa? 19 and two in season openers since 2001. Uh, what a run they've had. 19 and four, Mark, in season openers under uh, Kirk Ferentz. Um, you know, here's the thing about Iowa that you, you don't hear much about is just some of the personnel that they've got. They actually have four players that were named preseason All-Americans by various outlets. Linebacker Jack Campbell, defensive back Riley Moss, uh, tight end Sam Laporta, and punter Tory Taylor. So Iowa not ranked going into this game. Um, if they can get past this, they've got a couple of matchups that uh, with Iowa State uh, and then another, I think it's uh, Nevada after that. So, um, you know, they're one of these uh, a team right now that, again, you feel like they're going to be in the mix with nine or eight or nine wins. Um, and we'll see if they can get it done on Saturday. Yeah, Iowa does that every year, it seems like. So uh, then you got another on the other end of the spectrum. We go to the other end of the Big Ten Conference. We've got Rutgers taking on Boston College. Uh, going to be a tough one for the Scarlet Knights unless they can uh, create some turnovers. I think that's going to be the key for them against the Boston College team that has a really solid passing attack. Um, you know, Rutgers is not, you know, it seems like they're getting closer maybe being more competitive and uh, losing small little bit. So maybe this is the, maybe they can pull an upset here, but I I, I think BC's the the team to pick here. Yeah. And and Maryland will take on Buffalo. And of course uh, we have another Tunga Valola brother to his younger brother who last year threw for 3,800 yards, 26 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. I suspect that Maryland, if you put the ball in his arm, and uh, his legs, I think um, Maryland should be fine. Uh, Buffalo, obviously, doesn't have uh, quite the coaching that they had a couple of years back. So I, I think the Terrapins will start the season off with a W. Nice, nice. Well done. And, of course, uh, all of these games, you can find the previews and then the post-game stories on our website, Big Sports Radio. 
Com, really kind of your one-stop uh, place to go check uh, all of these out. You know, of all these games, uh, the ones here we just talked about, uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, uh, Iowa, Rutgers, Maryland, uh, we mentioned Michigan, mentioned Ohio State. Is there, a, is there a, a, an upset in there? Is there one of these Big Ten teams that could go down out of that list? Well, I mean, I, I, it's not an upset. I think Rutgers is going to go down. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think Iowa just wins, but I, I definitely always think of, you know, that when you're playing those, if you don't take that team like South Dakota State seriously, um, that that's a game where they can compete a little bit. And then you're in a tight game in the fourth quarter. And you never know quite what to expect. And with with Nebraska, I hate to say it, but with, with the role that Scott Frost is on right now, um, which is straight down a hill. I, you, you have that again, you don't expect North Carolina or North Dakota to win, but you just don't know what stunts Nebraska is going to pull or what plays they're going to call. So um, who knows? It, if it's the one possession game, Nebraska is probably going to lose. I mean, it's, I mean, that's, that's the way it's been for, you know, for all, since Scott Frost arrived. Yeah. And and I tell you what, he has made me look like a ridiculous idiot more than normal because I thought he was a, a, like a home run hire and he yeah. has been the antithesis of a home run hire. It has been yes. rough uh, sledding uh, for Scott Frost. Five and 21 in one score game since he took over the Nebraska pro- program. And it's a program still looking for its first winning season. And he's now uh, in year five. I mean, I, listen, I mean, <laughs> Rooting for the Huskers in this one. I, I, I want the guy to succeed. Um, if you lose North Dakota, probably Sunday morning, start Googling movers. <laughs> no, I, yes, I think it's. I think they'll probably have to wait until October 1st when that buyout goes from 15 million down to 7.5. So he's going to have another month, no matter what. But yeah. then again, he might only have a month no matter what. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Be proactive and start getting those bids. You know? Yeah. Let's <laughs> hope so it doesn't happen though. Cause boy, that was, Ireland was ugly to have that lead and the onside kick. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some fans listening. I don't want to, I don't, I don't, yeah. don't want to, <laughs> you know, you have those, sometimes that coach makes that decision. You think, man, this is really, he rolled the dice. They agree. Usually with Scott for us, it's the opposite. It's yeah. like, what you know what what did he do it was like a a stroke of uh genius sometimes in scott Frost's case it's yeah just it's a stroke he makes a few decisions that (laughs) that makes me think there's a little bit of ron zook in him (laughs) (laughs) no it's one of those where it's all in the tone usually it's like hey just rolled the dice with scott frost it's well he rolled the dice <laughs> yeah, or 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 he's more like I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, quick time out as we continue. The conversation continues uh, right after this. Stay with us. <laughs> Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it: if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation. 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. 
or visit them at neonrain.com. Well, the Michigan Wolverines opened the season versus Colorado State, and without an undisputed starter at quarterback, Coach Jim Harbaugh plans to start Cade McNamara against the Rams on Saturday, and then J.J. McCarthy gets the nod a week later against Hawaii. Harbaugh says he will make a decision then. Uh, As you can imagine, it made for a hot topic at his weekly news conference. It's a process. It is a process. I mean, for me to stand up, I mean, no person, I mean, that's biblical. No person knows what the future holds, and um, it's a process, and it's going to be based on performance. Uh, but we don't, we're not going to withhold, you know, any, any good, uh, any good thing. That's, um, you know, both, uh, both have been tremendous uh, quarterbacks. We think that that both can are, are capable of leading our team to a championship. So, I mean, that's. That's good. We're going to keep cultivating that. And uh, so, yeah, that uh, somebody, some people have asked, you know, was that, you know, what, how'd you come to that decision? And, you know, was it based on some kind of uh, NFL model? No, it's, I mean, it's really based, based biblical, you know, Solomon. um, He was known for, to being a pretty, pretty wise person. Jim is as pleased as you seem to be with both quarterbacks. Do you wish one had separated, or are you fine with it being so even? Is that a good or a bad thing? It's I, I can't see it other than a than a good thing. You know, it's uh, and and they're actually both playing their best football since they've been here. Cade Cade is arguably one of the most improved players on the team, um, and he's playing his best football. I mean, JJ did not he did not have spring practice, but uh, he you know he's ascended to. Uh, you know, to where he's at based on based on his performance. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a really really good thing. And um, yeah, I mean, there's no there's no demotion for Cade McNamara. Um, you know, he's playing his best football. It is a promotion for JJ. Um, you know, based on based on what he's been able to do as well. Stand the lap, Chris. Jim, would you anticipate playing both quarterbacks in the opener as well? Yes. Uh, you know, there's, there, we're not gonna, you know, it's like you don't withhold, you know, something, something good that can, can help the football team. So, uh, yes, I can see that. Jim, when you're evaluating quarterbacks in the first two games, is that something where you'll put the numbers into a formula that gives you an answer? Or is that going to be more of a gut feel with you and the staff? Yeah. Based on performance. uh, I mean, there's, there's not one criteria that you could, you could plug in and say, uh, this'll be, this will be the factor. That'll be the factor, uh, and I want both those, both the quarterbacks to, to you know, keep playing their game, and you know, what, not, you know, keep enhancing what they do really well, uh, improving some of the things that that uh, they need to work on, but definitely not trying to play somebody else's game or the other quarterback's game, or you know, hit a metric or a number that that uh, you know is going to be the deciding factor because. Because uh, you know there there won't be one other than uh, it's you know we play the best players and uh, based on performance and and uh, that's that's the that's the metric meritocracy.
Coach, when you have one quarterback starting one week and another starting another, how do you judge them differently with two different defenses that are going up against? Well, it's not, not going to be exactly the same, but it's where we're at right now is that it's practice versus games. Uh, you know, we think we'll have a better better understanding uh, after after the two play in the in the games. And we talked about earlier. I mean, this is this is something we have to withhold. I mean, there's there's uh, there's a there's a great chance that we can play both of the quarterbacks, you know, in this game, the next game, and you know, in, in the third game as well. So I don't know. You know, you just don't know. It's just that's that's the point. I mean, you can speculate, you can you can uh, you can predict, but no man knows the future. Yeah, Jim, um, I'm wondering if if the current uh, sort of landscape of college football at all weighed into this just with more people transferring and moving. Because I know in years past, you've, you've tended to like to, to name a guy and sort of go with that. Does, does that play any factor? Or is this a decision, if you had these two quarterbacks, maybe five, seven years ago, what have you, that you think you would have made the Yeah, it's just specific for for this team and, and, and where these, you know, these, these uh, two players are, are playing. I mean, they are... And if you're, you know, the question is speculating. No, there's no other intent or, or motive other than you know, what's good for our our football team. But it's it's it's. I understand it. I understand, you know, the landscape of. Here's the landscape I do understand is that, you know, if a coach coach gets up gets up here and gives you the normal cliches, then. Um, then you 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 seem very offended as journalists, um, <laughs> but also when a coach, you know, or a person, you know, gives you really well thought out, you know, in depth, honest, you know, tells you the 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 truth of where they where things stand. There's a tendency to question motive or question intent. So um, I understand that. I'm going to keep doing it the way I've you know, been doing it, which is speak to. Speak the absolute truth as I know it and believe it to be. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna go with the easy uh description where they always say, Well, if you if you have two starting quarterbacks, you really have zero. No, I, I don't think that's the case here. I think um I think McCarthy is the most talented guy, but I think he has some loyalty there to uh to McNamara. And so he's kind of, you know, allowing that to uh you know, letting it play out, letting him decide it on the field, I guess that's fine. But boy, what if you lose one of these games? You get upset one time. You're you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be right in that Scott Frost uh area then. You're gonna be wondering why it's like an onside kick up uh, when you're ahead. So I don't know. The thing I like about Harbaugh is he puts on an entertaining press conference. He actually will give you like real thoughts, which a lot of coaches don't like to do, you know. Um and on this one, I tend to go a little bit like, um, I got to be honest with you, if one doesn't stand out, you know, I remember back when it was Clint Longley and Roger Stahlbach and you found out that, the, you know, one guy was a pretender. Um, but again, I think, I think, you know, Harbaugh's got an opportunity here to put his foot down and I, I think you got to pick somebody, but we'll find out. He, you know, he, he obviously knows what he's doing. Well, and he, and he talked about, he said, you know, this is one that it's a process to go through and, and, 
you know, was, it was kind of funny. He was kind of in fun said, you know, when, when coaches give cliches, you guys in the media get mad when you, we come out and just tell you the truth and you don't like that either. And, and he's right. He's right. That's what we do. And, and, And quarterback's a weird position because every other spot on the field, you rotate guys in, like you can rotate a guy in and do these things. When you change quarterbacks, it's like, whoa, they change quarterbacks. I mean, there's somebody different out there. And well, so it's uh, it's just a it's kind of a it's just a different animal. And that's all we talk about. So is it Drew Henson, Tom Brady, and one of these guys becomes Tom Brady and one of them you know, becomes <laughs> goes into obscurity? I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, well, not before he played Cowboys quarterback, but yeah. Um, you know, the ultimately you know, when you look at it, when you look at Harbaugh, the thing that's cool about Michigan is you've got Hunter Dickinson on the football team who does the same thing that Harbaugh does. He gives honest assessments and then the media gets absolutely crazy that he gave him an honest opinion. So I, I do love these two guys because I like the, the coach who will tell you what they're actually thinking. And he said in, in those uh, remarks that it, this is not a demotion for McNamara, but it is a promotion for McCarthy. So uh, <laughs> take it for what you will, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, nothing like auditioning in front of a hundred thousand people at the big house. Right. So, uh, but a big game against the Colorado. No pressure. No, not at all for Cade McNamara trying to hang on to that starting job. And again, we'll find out here in a couple of weeks um, who is uh, going to be the starter. We think for the rest of the season. More college football news is up next, including a father versus son duel in Michigan. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it. If your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network. Let's stay in the state of Michigan as we continue here on Big Sports Radio. Um, what a game Friday night. This is um, it is really cool. You don't have this very often. It, it does happen, but not very often. Uh, Peyton Thorne is the starting quarterback as a junior for Michigan State. Um, had a great sophomore year. Um, those of us who followed college football back in the 90s remember his dad, Jeff Thorne, who won the starting job at EIU, Eastern Illinois, as a true freshman um and started all four years for one double a eastern illinois university now peyton's much taller than jeff thorne but jeff thorne went on then to coach at north central college uh in naperville illinois and actually won a division three national championship well he's in his first year as the offensive coordinator at western michigan the broncos play the spartans friday night and here is uh, spartans head coach mel tucker talking about uh, having the conversation with his young quarterback about having his dad on the opposite sideline. I talked to him about it yesterday. We had a long talk about it and, and other things. And so, you know, it's, I, I don't think he's been in this situation before. So, you know, he, he, he says that it's, that, you know, just, it's, it's not a, not a distraction for him, you know? Um, and so, but I mean, it's, it's you know, this, 
it's a human performance business, you know, so that's his dad, right? So, you know, so we have to, you know, address it, you know, and, and, and talk about it. And then, you know, you know, how are we going to handle it? You know, and we, and we talk about that in, in detail. We're going to continue to talk about that just like we would anything else, you know, um, you know, because you and I believe, you know, discipline is 85 percent anticipation, you know, and discipline is doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, the way you're supposed to do it and understand why it's important to do it that way. So for, for him to have a disciplined football game and to prepare with discipline, you know, we, we have to anticipate these things and say, okay, well, here, here are some of the uh, scenarios. Here are some, some situations. Here are some of the feelings that you might have. Like, so, so how are we going to handle those things? Okay. And what's our process for that? And how are we going to think mental conditioning? So we're, we're, we address that and just, and we're addressing other things with guys as well. You know, there's some guys, it's their first game, you know, in the woodshed, you know, so we, we need to address that. Yeah, it's a really cool story uh, when you see this. I mean, you see uh, the father going against the son is, is pretty pretty great story. I mean, that, that's what it writes itself, right? And so I think it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Who's who's more nervous? I, I think I always I always wonder, like, uh, is the, the father a little nervous? Like, oh, you want him to do well, but you don't want him to do too well. So at least it's offensive coordinator versus other quarterback. It's not going against it's not defensive coordinator against quarterbacks. I guess that might be worse, but uh but yeah, it's interesting. Uh I I, I although I'm still trying to figure out what Mel Tucker was was saying in that sound lecture. <laughs> so well, I mean, you you definitely don't want dad doing a fist bump, you know, type of thing or a Tiger Woods double pump when the opposing quarterback <laughs> throws a touchdown. Um the other thing is is you know, it, maybe he knows something secret like if you call him baby pants, he gets really mad. So then the you know, then the then the the linemen are going back calling him names. Who knows, but it, it it's definitely an interesting story, assuming you can figure out what the quote was about, <laughs> because I needed a little bit of help and some research that didn't really get it across. Well, you notice when I set these up, I took like a minute to set that up. Like it was, a, like I couldn't just be, well, it's Jim Harbaugh. Mel could have used a good minute to set that up as well. So you might want to do a coach's um, presser training coaches <laughs> presser 101 by larry <laughs> to help out yeah. so yeah uh but jeff thorn is is somebody that i really uh was hoping would would make that move not that not to say that he's bigger than north central college he took over his for his dad there uh won the division three title in 2019 came back and last year uh was 14 and 0 and lost in the championship game uh, again, so nearly repeated because there was no, uh, they didn't play in between because of COVID. So, um, you know, it's uh, 66 and 10 is his record as a head coach. And now he's the offensive coordinator. So let's see what he can do uh, moving up now to FBS. And, uh, and who knows? I mean, uh, you know, maybe there's a future there uh, for that. Meanwhile, uh, Peyton Thorne and this Michigan State team, um, you know, coming in, starting the season, uh, ranked uh, 15th in the country. Um, a team that I, I think doesn't get talked about enough. You talk about Tucker, the job he's done in a very short time there. You you talk about, obviously, Ohio State and Michigan, uh, Wisconsin always in there, Iowa, Penn State. Um, but now Michigan State is uh, making some noise, and uh, not just in the rankings, but um, but in their you know, week in, week out, and start of the season again, number 15. Yeah, just done a fantastic job uh, at Michigan State. I, I, I guess the one thing I would – be a little bit uh, concerned about is uh, although he's, he's done really well, it, you know, it's been one, it's one year right now. And it was a great year, you know, 11 and two, but um, you know, coming off, you know, 
in his previous stints, you know, in Colorado, he's five and seven, and then he's two and five in the first year at Michigan State, although that was obviously the COVID year. So I don't know. We'll see. They, they, man, they threw a lot of money at him early on, you know, before, before uh, they really saw the long term. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, he's got it rolling. He had it rolling last year. Let's see if they can keep it going. Yeah, I find it real interesting that um, historically Michigan State has been up when Michigan is struggling. And to have them both being good at the same time is not something that is a regular event. So it's it's going to be kind of fun if you know the, to see those teams knocking heads uh, up in Michigan, you know, with a lot on the line, and they're both uh, they both have a lot of opportunities to get big wins. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that, and and it'd be fun to see those two teams collide later in the season. It would be pretty cool, but again, Michigan State and uh, that game Friday night, and once again, as we said before, there is a uh, you know full uh, full previews and full post-game stories you can find on bigsportsradio.com. It's kind of the one spot you want to go to uh, to find out what Big Ten teams, not just in football, but also in other sports and uh, and what they are up to. Stay with us. We've got much more to come after a quick timeout. More college football talk as we get ready for week one. This is Big Sports Radio. Now back to the studio and the guys from Big Sports Radio. We talked earlier about key Big Ten games this weekend as most teams open their 2022 college football campaigns. How about defending champion, defending national champion Georgia, ranked number three in the nation and opening versus the 11th ranked Oregon in the Chick-fil-A game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Should be a good one. That's exciting. I mean, that's a you always have those early, those week one marquee matchups, you know, and, and this is it. I mean, this is a game where, you know, obviously Georgia's favored. But there's no doubt that Oregon has the athletes to compete with uh, Georgia in this game, especially if Georgia isn't sharp. So should be a fun game, um, although that you know, obviously Georgia is pretty much a home game for them at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah, I've got to go. I've got to go with the Georgia Bulldogs this week. Going to be a heck of a game, but I just don't think it's the Oregon that we thought of eight or 10 years ago, and they're trying to climb upwards, and you don't want to have to do that against the Bulldogs. Yeah, no question. Uh, this should be a really good game. You know, it's it's funny. Mark Richt for a – or Mark Richt. <laughs> Blast from the past. Oops. Oops. Kirby, Kirby Smart for a moment was the highest paid coach until Nick Saban said, hold my beer, and he retook that claim. So uh, we'll see how Georgia responds. Uh, the, the Bennett kid also uh, coming back is, uh, for a fifth year is his uh, – for a senior year. Uh, Brad, what else are you looking at? Yeah, interesting game, you know, uh, getting a lot of publicity is Utah, Florida. You know, Utah's ranked seventh in the country coming in. And, of course, you've got Florida, who is, you know, an SEC team. Utah's on the road. This is not an easy game in any way, shape, or form. So, for me, the big thing, I, I guess, with Utah, they have to make sure that they, you know, handle the crowd, handle that road atmosphere. But Florida has a, a guy um, and they have a, a quarterback who is going to be a guy to watch this year. And um, I think if he is elite, um, I, I think that, and he might be, I mean, I, I don't know. And so it's kind of one of those things where uh, Florida, Florida has a quarterback named Anthony Richardson, six, four dual threat, a guy who can run pass. And I think if he's as elite, they might be a team that surprises some people this year because, 
you know, they've obviously got athletes in Florida, but a quarterback like that sometimes can win you a lot of games. Yeah, and I, I was looking at number 23, uh, Cincinnati, playing at Arkansas. You know, last year, Cincinnati was 13-1, and one, only lost to Alabama. Unfortunately for your Cincinnati fans this year, uh, they had nine guys taken in the NFL draft, including their quarterback, Desmond Ritter. So I'm pretty much going with Arkansas this week uh, as it's going to be at their uh, down in uh, uh, their home turf. So, I, But it looks like a heck of a matchup. We'll see what Luke Fickle can do as a coach. Another game I'm looking at is uh, out west with a future Big Ten team, USC Trojans, 14th in the country, and they're hosting uh, Rice. Um, USC, they've won their last 14 season openers at the Coliseum going back to 1997. But it's the Lincoln Riley era, uh, the former Oklahoma coach coming out um, to resurrect this program. And, um, you know, a, a program really that just has not recovered since the departure of, of Pete Carroll and the sanctions that followed. I mean, there just was a lot of mess there. But, um, you know, here's a team that, again, they began in the top 25. Um, you know, they, they return only 71 players uh, from last year. So they've got it. They've got some turnover. And it's funny that that Riley keeps saying it's the most unique roster in the history of USC football. Um, for a guy who's in his first year there, I'm not sure why he, why he says that, but he did bring <laughs> along a uh, Heisman uh, hopeful in the quarterback, Caleb Williams. You remember he was the, the freshman who came on last year um, in, uh, in uh, oh, for uh, Spencer Rattler, who was the highly touted Heisman hopeful beginning of the season comes into the freshman, takes his job. Rattler's gone. And then once Riley leaves, Caleb Williams follows him. And so, um, he was a true freshman All-American last year at Oklahoma, did, had a great year, 21 touchdown passes. Anxious to see what he does out there with the Trojans. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Another debut is, of course, at Oklahoma, where Lincoln Riley was before. UTEP's at Oklahoma, Brent Venables. It's interesting for me to see Brent Venables, Brent Venables in, um, in the Big 12, in a program that hasn't stopped anybody since the millennium, you know, defensively, since Bob Stoops was there, I think. So they, they give up a lot of points, score a lot of points. Obviously, he's not going to – Venables doesn't want to do that. You know, he wants to to play some defense. So it's going to be interesting to see how that – Oklahoma, I think they'll be great against UTEP defensively. It's going to be very interesting to see how that kind of changes from the offensive-minded stuff they've had under uh, Lincoln Riley. And we also have Utah State visiting number one Alabama. Utah is the uh, metaphorical proverbial – sacrificial lamb and you have to wonder with uh, Nick Saban all mad with all of his little battles um, <laughs> with Jimbo down in Texas A&M uh, Utah State has to say look you're not mad at us you're mad at him <laughs> and I think it's going to be a very long day for our friends at Utah State against that team on Saturday. No question about that you know two other games of the intrigue Florida State at, uh, and taking on LSU Brian Kelly makes his Bayou debut after more than a decade in South Bend and number four Clemson versus Georgia Tech. It's an unusual season opening ACC battle at the dome in in Atlanta. I had to look twice. Wait, wait, Clemson and they're both in the same. Okay, well, all right. Uh, That's a Monday night game, Labor Day and the holiday. Uh, The Tigers very quietly notched their 11th consecutive 10 win season last year. But oh, my goodness, stop the press. They lost three games in the same season for the first time since 2014 that equals the number of games lost in all three years combined when star quarterback Trevor Lawrence uh, was on campus. I mean, it's funny Clemson right there, but they, they lose three games and all of a sudden, like they're finished out of the top 10 and they're kind of forgotten, but 
is this team, uh, should they be considered a threat this year to, to get it back to the playoff and contend for a national title? Yeah, they've, they've recruited really well. They're going to be good. Uh, I think they're going to be fine. I don't think it's time to uh, the Dabo Sweeney. I don't think it's time to <laughs> to sell yet. Go. So I think it's time to keep uh, keep him, let him be uh, one of the top five coaches in college football. Now, it's interesting, though, a three-loss season, what would we say as Illinois fans? We'd be like, yes, we're in. <laughs> we usually have that by the end of September. This is awesome. <laughs> so, Yeah, Clemson's a little bit of the anti-Illinois. They're having their 11th 10-win season in a row, and Illinois is trying to break a 10-year uh, losing record streak. So, uh, obviously, the, the the two antis. And, of course, the question I have about Brian Kelly is when, after the game, and let's just assume, you know, uh, LSU wins, and he's interviewed, is he going to have a Southern accent when he's interviewed? Or is he going to go back to the Brian Kelly from Notre Dame accent? Or do we just get a totally new one? Like maybe, I don't know, German. Maybe he'll just speak in German. <laughs> no, he's going to, it's going to be like watching the water boy. You're going to have that. <laughs> it's going to be the Cajun, the Cajun guy. It's, he's going to go full like Cajun wa- from the water boy. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, so somebody, he won't understand a word he's saying, and then he can say whatever he wants, and nobody's got to make fun of him. Of course, you know, the dances, they're still going to make fun of the dance moves from the video, but maybe maybe they won't make fun of his what he says. <laughs> well, let Mike the is dancing in studio. Yes, Uh-oh. he is. <laughs> it's a scary sight. College football, <laughs> it is here. Let us pay some bills and then return with more up next. Welcome back to Big Sports Radio. The fourth-ranked Big Ten football team is Wisconsin. The Badgers riding a streak of 20 consecutive winning seasons. They'll kick off year number eight under Paul Christ Saturday when Illinois State comes to Camp Randall. Let's listen to part of Coach Chris's pregame remarks. There's a couple of reports out that Chase suffered an injury in practice. I know you don't like talking about injuries, but can you address that if that's what his status is? Yeah, no, Chase did. And, um, you know, it's one of those that uh, don't quite know kind of – for how long, you know exactly, but but he did uh, last week um, suffer that, and and uh, you know again you you feel terrible for him because I, I really liked what he was doing in camp, and and yet the one thing I know that Chase will uh, he will stay in it, you know, and when he can get back, he'll uh, he'll be ready to go. But uh, th- that is accurate. Kind of a follow up then, obviously with with Chase unavailable for an extended period of time, can you? assess what you know about Deacon and Miles right now since obviously Deacon ran the scout team I'm guessing last year and Miles right. you know enrolled early but where, where are those two guys saying it and how you have to get them up to speed now for as it, long as yeah it I mean there's you know you're talking about you got three quarterbacks left right you, you talked about Deacon and Miles and and Marshall right those are the three and and uh you know they, they've all got to get some work because they're in that stage where they got to keep developing you know and so um it's always a little bit more difficult this point, but there's enough opportunities for us and 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 that's what we've gotta we've gotta do you know I couldn't sit here right now and tell you who who's further ahead or not you know Deacon certainly has had more overall reps and and miles um you know had the spring and 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 what he got in camp and even camp's hard because you know you're you're focused on getting ready and and yet you know I think all all of them have done a good job of of kind of the the preparing mental side of it, 
and and now you know gonna get some more reps well obviously you're going in your first game with the new coaching situation with the special teams not having a specific coordinator mm -hmm. how do you think that went throughout the fall like seeing the rest of your assistants kind of step up into those different roles and where do you want that unit to improve over from last year yeah i mean i think that uh first part of it is you know i've appreciated you know what they've done and and you know regardless you know the special teams i think what's what's fun about those units is it it takes everyone you know there there's you know, offensive players, defensive players. There's guys that are uh, starters, and then there's guys that that is probably the way they're going to contribute on the team, right? So it's got every piece of it from the players component, and the, and the same to be said, you know, was every year I've been in coaching. I mean, you've got a ton of coaches helping, you know, and and it, you know, certainly you've got a guy that's going to kind of help organize it, but you've got everyone really aside from you, you know your Coach Bo, you know, is involved on the field goal, you know, protection, extra point protection, and, and Ross on the field goal block. You know, other than that, you got every coach in, in the, you know, everyone else helps out on it, right? And it's it's truly, you know, everyone's on deck. And that's the one phase or, the, or part of the team where we all jump in and, and let's go. And, you know, what you want to be is you want to be – uh, another phase that that contributes to us being the best team we can be. Chase, if you can confirm whether it's a knee, I think there are reports it's a knee. I'm just trying to confirm that that's the case. And also, what did you see in Riley this training camp for him to win the job there at right tackle? He's a young guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, Riley's done a nice job. I thought he had a really good spring, and he's just continuing to work and and improve with it. He's uh, you know, extremely coachable. You see, you see a coaching point being made, and you see him correcting it. And um, you know, I think like any any young player, you know, the the more you do things, the more comfortable you get. I think that builds confidence. I know guys around him are, are confident, and and so uh, that's been that's been fun to see his growth. And and you know, it needs to continue to grow. There's every every guy on this team needs to. You know, you appreciate what they've done to this point, but we we all got to. Find ways to keep improving. Uh, Paul, the inside backs room, uh, looking at Muma as one of the starters. I mean, knowing the path that he's kind of gone on to get to this point, you know, how proud are you to see him in that spot uh, again with everything he's gone through? Yeah, I think, you know, that whole group and, and certainly Muma, you know, has been, you know, he's taking ownership of it. And he's, you know, I think a lot of this, when you think about it, that you don't, you're always preparing, and when something comes, and you do have this this opportunity presented to you, um, you appreciate those that have been working throughout it. You know, it wasn't like Muma just coasted, and then all of a sudden, okay, Jack and Leo are leaving. Now I'm going to flip this switch, and I'm going It's going to mean something to me. You know, I think I've loved the way that he's progressed throughout his time here, and that whole. The group of inside backers, you know, I think we got a group that we feel really good about. And, yeah, they've got to play, and they don't have a ton of experience. You know, Muma doesn't have a ton of experience at the line where he's played, but, you know, not in a, a full game. You know, same can be said about, you know, JT did a nice job coming in. And when he played, when he got opportunities, he did a nice job. Uh, Tate Grass has been done a lot for this team, but he's in a good position 
you know, Jake Cheney's a, a young man that we're excited about. And, you know, I've liked the, the growth and development of Brian Sanborn, you know, so I think that that whole group I appreciate. And, and certainly Muma, you, you love seeing it, you know, because it's, uh, it's work over time. And now that there is an opportunity, I think he's done a good job of taking advantage of that. And it didn't just start this year. You know, it's been going for a while. Paul, you mentioned knowing some of the Illinois State coaches. I'm assuming one of them is Brock Spack. I know your paths crossed here late in his tenure at Purdue. But yep. what do you know? What What do you remember about him as just as a defensive coach, and maybe some of the battles you guys had when you were here and he was at Purdue? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, really good football coach, and um, you know, been impressed with what he's done for a long time there at Illinois State, and you know, he's got a group of guys on the staff that I think are really good coaches and Brock I've always been impressed with you know him as a coach and you know I've had a chance to get to know him a little bit outside of and a you know good person and but I think you always really respect him when you went up against him you knew it was going to be a good defense and you knew you had to, uh you know that part of it was going to be a challenge right and and it, you see the same thing now I mean it's uh they play extremely hard you know they've I think their players understand what they're trying to do. I know they've got a new offensive coordinator, and and so you, you try to prepare. Like any of these first games, you try to prepare the best you can. Um, each each stop he's had along the way, it's been a little bit different. Um, but I also feel like Brock will have a, a hand on kind of how we're going to play as a team as well. But, um, you know, the one thing you know about Games in general, and certainly the the early games, is that you, you know you're you're not going to know it all, and, and that's all right. You know we've got to make sure our guys are prepared and they can play, and that we play good football and a good sound football. Coach, this is the first Monday of game week of the year. What is that like for you and your staff? And what do you tell maybe some of the younger guys who are doing this for the first time? Well, I think you're always uh, you're excited about it, and. Like I said earlier, you've got uh, there's a lot of work that goes into individuals and you know a team getting ready for the season, and now the season's upon us. And and yet I still think you you know the best way to go about it is you stay in the moment. And, you know the best thing we can do is have a good Monday, and and um, I think it's off to a good start. And we got we'll have meetings later on today, and you just got to have a good week of preparation. But we're excited to get opportunity to play and and kick this thing off you can get pregame and postgame notes for the badgers redbirds matchup on bigsportsradio.com we're back with more after this are you tired of your website making your business look bad is your current web developer dropping the ball let's face it if your website isn't making you money it's broken let neon rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers neon rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across north america building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices they can do it for you too what sets neon rain apart they actually deliver on their promises call today for a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com you're listening to the big sports radio network with larry smith mike kegley and brad sturdy Taking a look at some other stories all around uh, Wisconsin. What is it about uh, Wisconsin golfers in hole in ones? We had um, earlier this summer, there were two golfers who hit 
holes in one on the same hole in the same tournament. And then now we've got a Wisconsin teenager who hit two hole in ones 20 minutes apart. I haven't played a lot of golf in Wisconsin. I'm assuming the holes must be much bigger than the ones I'm playing on here, here in Illinois. That's all I can say. Yes. Yeah, it it would take me a lot of shots to hit two holes in ones in 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who this kid is, but I don't like him because <laughs> I've been, I played five years of golf in, in uh, Wisconsin, University Ridge, Lasonia, you know, all, all Black Wolf Run. Um, I've played since 1990. I've gotten like maybe one time, like maybe like a foot away from a hole in one, but two in 20 minutes. I thought you were going to say one time I got a birdie, but no, no, no. Trust me, <laughs> that's I'm, also true. <laughs> I, I had a ton of of like different type of golf scores. Like, oh, what's that? That's a snowman. Oh, it's a double par bogey. That's when you get a nine is a double par bogey. You know, I mean, I had all sorts of stuff, but I've been playing for years. Come on, kid, share. Hey, the thing is, it's all downhill for him now. This exactly. is never going to happen. Yeah. He's, he's, he might as well quick golf, find a new hobby. It's all downhill. Never going to have some bowling. Right. Uh, Albert Pujols is about to hang him up. He's about to quit, but uh, it's, it's been um, smooth sailing. Boy, what a, what a final year. Um, uh, by midweek already, Brad, you were telling 450 different pitchers in his career. Yeah. Home runs yeah new record. Most home runs are most different pitchers than any players hit home runs off broke a record. Barry bonds, 450 different pitchers throughout his career. That's a lot of pitchers to hit home runs off of. And that means you're really two things. You're really good. And you're really old when you've hit home runs off that many pitchers is <laughs> he's, you know, it's really cool to see him do well though. Getting close to 700, um, you know, you know, it's uh, a rods at 696, And so he's right there. It's just, uh, it's really cool to see this much better than I ever expected heading into this season for him. Yeah. I would love to see him pass a rod, get to 700 and, and, you know, there's, there's, there's a few games left. So I know it's a little bit of a stretch, but boy, it would be really cool. And it would also be neat to see like the media kind of following him around as he got closer and closer to 700. That would be a neat story to follow. Especially in a city like St. Louis, it loves its baseball the way it does. Speaking of one of Pujols' former managers, Tony La Russa, uh, with some health issues out indefinitely as the White Sox skipper. Yeah, I mean, it's you hate to see anybody have any health issues. You know, you hope he's okay, but it doesn't surprise me when, when I'll be honest. When I saw that Larusa was out, I figured he was just getting fired. Um, it's been it hasn't been the greatest year for the White Sox, and so um, they haven't you know lived up to expectations. So, but you know, you hope he's okay, and you know he's but he's old. I mean, you know, he's been around for a long time. I mean, you know. So he's been coaching, managing for a long time in baseball, had some great success, um, but maybe it's time to just go enjoy your, enjoy your, uh, all the money you've made over the years. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of um, Muhammad Ali, you know, after those last few fights when you're like, please just retire. We want to remember you at your greatest, not at Trevor Burbick putting you out of boxing and and it, it seems like you know it, it's hard for a lot of these guys to leave the spotlight and you know maybe maybe you and I all three of us will be hosting this show when we're 90 but I something tells me that we're going to decide to get off the stage before then 
Probably. That's a long time. Uh, hey, college football, tough situation in Jackson, Mississippi, with all the flooding uh, of the Pearl River down there. And uh, Brad, I know you're talking about Deion Sanders uh, making a plea that and talking about how dire the situation is for his team. Yeah, no, uh, no, uh, can't go to the bathroom. Uh, not any drinking. It's always weird when they say there's no water due to flooding. I mean, it just seems like that's <laughs> not something that you you, sh- you should hear. But uh, that's the situation. He's uh, moved the team into hotel, you know, getting ready for their game this weekend. And uh, it, it's a it, man, it's tough when you see this stuff happen. You've got 180,000 people there without, you know, sanitary water. And, and that's uh, that's always that's always rough. And, of course, number one recruit, Travis Hunter, may be thinking that Florida State looks a little better now as after <laughs> this. You know, maybe like I could have been, I could have went to Alabama or Ohio State. So, um, but, you know. <laughs> you know, they talk about NIL. They just want water. <laughs> we have water. You have NIL, we have water. Yeah. So you, you can basically, you know, we, we, you, you, you advertise, we give you two bottles of water. Call it, call it good. <laughs> Uh, here's uh boy just the, the story of the week this was maybe my my favorite headline a football player at eastern kentucky university kicked off the team uh after he was charged with robbing a mailman down in new mexico i mean really yeah that, that's wild he's so he he i mean i it's pretty ingenious you get the mailman's key you go through everybody's mail find what you want i mean it's like christmas uh, um every day uh but uh it's illegal so it's not something you should do uh but yeah it's pretty wild when you uh robbing the mailman so the mailman did deliver though just it didn't you know it didn't work out uh <laughs> it didn't work out here yeah you know there's a lot of things you could rob i guess the mailman wouldn't be on the top of my list but not a college football player, I guess. I don't know. It's it's un, it's unfortunate, you know, that, that this is where he decided to draw the line, I guess. But uh, yeah, next, Larry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Think of the cost. Mark K. Kirkendall. He's from Chicago. <clears throat> federal documents. The documents filed in federal court in Mexico last week. So this happened back in February. Um, the bad thing is, not only did was he kicked off the team or I guess the official word is suspended off the team. He is no longer enrolled at the school. So you were planning on continuing your education toward a degree. And now not only do you not have football, you don't even have that. And you may be looking at jail or some kind of punishment. Um, by the way, the, the other guy arrested um, in there was uh, another former New Mexico player, Ray Sean Boyce faces an additional charge of knowingly possessing a firearm after being convicted of misdemeanor domestic violence, according to the documents. Um, Kirkendall, quality quality stuff out there in New Mexico. They're doing some good, doing some good work there. (laughs) My goodness! All right, there's no I in team. The good thing, the good thing is he can probably steal some transcripts and get it, you know, get his degree that way. So, (laughs) all right, we will leave it there. Um, a football weekend is here. Enjoy the games. Hopefully, uh, you had a good time. We we know whether we enjoyed ourselves, and we'll uh, do it again next week. Same place. Until then, enjoy football. (laughs) This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports LLC and Revision Sound. We'll be back next week on Big Sports Radio Network.